Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring me, author and speaker Haley DeMaria, and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Each week we will feature a theme, and the theme for this week's episode is Christmas. Anne, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Haley. This is the week of December 27th. Last week we were able to talk about gifts, and this week we'll talk about Christmas. So tell me, Haley, in terms of the flame and what's hot, um, let's start with Christmas Eve. Maybe walk me through your Christmas tradition or Christmas 2020. What was the same? What was different? What did you notice? So, you know, Anne, that's interesting. In many ways, um, things looked very much the same. And in many ways, as is typical in 2020, it was very different. Um, so we um, started off the day planning our meals. I married an Italian. So uh, every, every holiday or most things focus around what we're going to eat. And um, it's interesting, again, um, you know, most people know I wasn't raised Catholic um, and certainly wasn't raised in an Italian family. Um, so we always grew up having beef stew for Christmas Eve dinner. And um, when I when I met Jamie and started talking about traditions on each, each side, he said, you can't have meat on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, as an Italian Catholic, he was appalled that I would have meat on Christmas Eve. That is not part of the Italian tradition. They do the, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Um, so we do not have my family's traditional beef stew on Christmas Eve. We have a adopted more of the Italian take and and the Maryland take and we planned our dinner of crab cakes and shrimp and sometimes it's shrimp oh. scampi sometimes it is shrimp cocktail um, but my children will carry with them the tradition of not quite the feast of the seven fishes but the the two seafood dishes um, and and so that for us is just planning when are we going to the seafood market who's making what what sure. vegetable are we going to have um, and then, you know, our family has always gone to mass and, you know, when the kids were younger, we would try to go to an earlier mass. Now that they're older, we'll go to an older mass. Of course, um, we weren't going to mass this year, um, actually physically at the church. And in that sense, it really made for a less stressful Christmas Eve. Um, you know, we didn't have to plan our timing to get there so we didn't have to stand um you know yeah. we didn't have to plan to make sure we could park we didn't have to make sure we were done eating in time or that we left in time to come back and get the crab cakes in the oven because they take an hour to cook and um so it was very nice to know we were going to mass at nine o'clock online and we could just hook it up to a tv so that we could all watch in our family room and um you know that was the same but very different so the food was the same the family was the same, the mass was the same, um, but the experience of mass was very different. Sure. How about yes. you? Yeah, there is that frenetic, you know, what time does mass start? And then backwards planning, okay, what time do we need to get there? So eliminating that and pulling up in your family room for the same mass, Haley and I were on the same Zoom mass on Christmas Eve was such a delight, yes, um, and a great way just to uh, reflect on the word of God, one of the great gifts of Christmas, and we'll talk a little bit more about those readings later. So yeah, um, you know, this year, Haley, I, I would add, I, I made a Christmas cocktail, uh, that's a different one every year, and this year it was cranberry margaritas, 
Uh, the idea goes to somebody I played golf with uh, about on the 22nd. So a couple of days before Christmas, I thought, you know, that sounds great. So um, put a little, you know, happy in the holidays and we enjoyed just a, a, you know, a nice cocktail, but yes, same. We have ravioli on Christmas Eve and then Christmas, I always make the pie and we do actually a turkey, but it was good to be together. So that was the part, that's the food part that I did win at, uh, not win at, that it's about winning or losing or winning or not. But um, so my husband's family used to always do a big Christmas dinner and we never did growing up. We always did a big Christmas breakfast. Um, So that is also part of our tradition now is um, we do a big Christmas breakfast either before, after, or during the gifts. This year it was during, and then the rest of Christmas day is just eating the leftover coffee cake, eating Christmas cookies, eating food from the night before. Um, and that actually stemmed from when I was a child, um, a young, young child. My mom on Christmas day found herself after we'd opened the gifts, after we had had breakfast, spending all day in the kitchen preparing Christmas dinner while my siblings and I were outside. You know, of course in Arizona, you can be outside year round with my dad riding our new bikes, playing with our new toys. And she was inside in the kitchen and she thought, this stinks. You know, this isn't Christmas. Christmas should be with my family. So from that moment on, she never made another Christmas dinner. Um, We just had a big breakfast and, you know, had snacks for the rest of the day because to her family, Christmas was about being with her family and um, enjoying just that family time. And, and so that part of the tradition we have kept, um, you know, we stayed in our pajamas like most people did all day and um, just enjoyed when the kids were little playing with their toys. And this year enjoyed, you know, watching football with them and playing games with them. We're a big game family, but you know, one thing about the Christmas Eve mass that again was, was different, but in a way to me, much more meaningful. Um, You know, there are times and, and maybe you've felt this way, too, where we go to Christmas Eve mass and it's a little frustrating to show up and feel like you've come, you know, maybe not the other 51 weeks of the year, but you're there, you know, a number of weeks in the year and all these people show up who maybe haven't been there every other week. And you think, okay, could they pass out like tickets that if you come regularly, you get a seat and then you don't have to come early. Um, So again, that's a ticket holders. Yeah, yes. right. Exactly. You get a pass. Um, but so but one of the things that was so meaningful about that mass was even though it was online, it was people that we know and people that we love and, you know, Notre Dame friends and swimming friends. And, you know, my coach, Tim Welsh, is on that mass. And um, that that made that particular Christmas Eve mass so special for me in a way that never could have happened had we not been online, uh, you know, and that, yeah. that, you know, despite the fact that we couldn't go to church in the building and, and couldn't receive the Eucharist as it's meant to be received, um, there was a meaningfulness that couldn't have happened had we not been online. So I, I loved that part of our Christmas mass. So, um, you know, in many ways different, but in many ways, um, the same and in some ways even more meaningful, which I think has just been our challenge throughout this whole year. Things are different, um, but boy, if we can find a little bit of a happiness and a a meaningfulness from it, um, that's a win. Yeah. You know, what a gift in that context, you know, something like Zoom is. I mean, I think about people in parts of the world where they don't have access to a priest and who 
receive communion, honestly, maybe, maybe monthly if they're lucky. So here in the United States, and you and I are in, you know, I'm in a very urban area and you're, you know, fairly urban area, Annapolis, we have access to the Eucharist daily. That is, that is not true for so many people in the world. So, you know, this has been an equalizer in that sense of while we weren't able to receive the Eucharist, we were able to see, receive the word and the word is, um, was made flesh and dwelled among us. That's what the Christmas reading is about. So um, a humble reminder of that and that we can be connected through something like our computers to pray together and um, to celebrate the Eucharist as you know, Father Tom did in his setting, um, even though we're not, we could take a spiritual communion, even though we couldn't have the physical communion. So it's quite a gift. Um, it was a gift. Well, let's talk about gifts. Well, yeah, you know, we talked um, about, you know, people who give us their list mm -hmm. and then, you know, the surprises. And I just, I wanted to know, what do you think is the better gift? The one you ask for and want or the surprise? So this is such a funny topic in my my nuclear nuclear family my family of origin um, with my siblings and myself because my mom was all about the surprise gift she she her love language is gifts for sure so she um, finds such meaning and value of them and she's a really great gift giver um, you know my grandmother once told me that I had the gift of being a gift giver like my mother and that was a huge compliment because she is a very thoughtful gift giver. Um, but she does love that element of surprise. So we we tell the story every year of, um, you know, my sister, like I was, raised in Arizona, went to the University of Virginia for college. So she needed some warm clothes. And um, so that first year, my mom left out the J. Crew catalog and told her to circle what she wanted because she needed some warm clothes. So my sister went through and circled what she wanted for Christmas. And then on Christmas morning, none of it was there because my mom didn't want to get her what she knew she was going to get. Um, so that was the big surprise was um, that she didn't get what she had circled because my mom wanted her to be surprised when she opened her gifts and not know what it was. So I don't think that's a good surprise. Um, <laughs> I, I, like most people, one year when I was younger, um, did a little snooping. Um, and sure. found our Christmas gifts in my parents' uh -huh. closet. Yes. Um, so I knew what I was getting and that wasn't fun either, even no. though they were things I had asked for. I'm sure every child does that at some point. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to say I like the gifts that surprise me. Um, yeah. And I think what I really like are the gifts that I wouldn't buy for myself. Yeah. Um, I, I am a gift giver. I loved to give to gifts. Um, so to receive things, um, I think we talked about that last week, you know, I have to kind of gear up to show my excitement, but that true surprise gift, um, when someone has really thought about what would be meaningful to me, um, is probably the, the most meaningful one. So I guess I like the surprise. That's a very long winded answer. How about you? Well, I agree. I, I don't tell my siblings, my family, I want X, Y, Z. My brother is very proactive about that. So he sent me a text asking me what I wanted. I did not respond to it. And he followed up again with another text. So I responded, I gave a couple of ideas. Um, I'm interested in this book, A Course Called America. Um, a guy you're behind me at Notre Dame wrote this new book. It's about golf across the United States. Great idea in my mind. Or a planner or Huey Lewis in the News Sports, the LP. Okay, so I love um, 
music and I like the art of the LP, like the cover, right? Of certain albums. Yeah. And I want to hang it up. Um, I love that image. Sports came out in 1984. It's a great rock and roll album. And Huey Lewis is a local guy. They're from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, Marin County. And um, I mentioned that several times and he said, okay, do you have the CD? And I said, I already have the CD. Again, I want it for the art to hang it on my wall. So I thought that was pretty clear. It's in writing. It was mentioned maybe two or three times. Christmas morning, we're opening gifts. Guess what I got from my brother? The CD. The CD. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't even like, I didn't even smile, Haley. I just was like, and he's like, yeah, I got the wrong gift. And I was like, yep, I already have this. I didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> so we talked about the Lord loving a cheerful giver and that you should be able to receive gifts. But this is like, you set your sister up for failure in every possible way by giving her a gift that she already had that she said she did not want. I don't know how to reconcile this other than to tell the story to our listeners in the hope that maybe one of you can understand how disappointing it is. Just surprise me. At some point, just surprise me. If, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm already resistant to telling you what I want. So when I tell you and you get the wrong thing, it's like, you know, everybody has siblings. So hopefully we know our siblings are often the people that sometimes um, frustrate us. But it's kind of funny in a way, I think, at the same time, you know. Well, it is because that, you know, that part of Christmas never changes. Um, sure. You know, yes. the family drama, the the funny family gifts. You know, I have an aunt who um, I love. Everybody loves her. Everybody calls her crazy Aunt Di. Um, and, and that's who she is. You know, she's Auntie Mame. She's, she's just, yeah. you know, you love her. But she used to send us the wackiest Christmas gifts. And we were always yeah. convinced it was like the freebie she got from the department store or, you know, a, a re-gift, which is fine. I don't have an issue with that either. Yeah. But um you know, every once in a while, I'll send my nephews Christmas gifts or I'll send my brother or my sister-in-law and I'll think, oh, are they going to think I'm turning into crazy Aunt Di, you know, so that every year they're like, oh, what's Aunt Haley sending this year? <laughs> well, you know, you kind of wonder, did crazy Aunt Di become crazy Aunt Di or was she always crazy Aunt Di, you know, and is it something to watch out for? Um, I'm but... pretty sure she was always crazy Aunt Di, but that's why we love her. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, family in that sense, like especially extended family, they put that perspective on all of it. So yeah, one of the gifts, I think one of the stories that goes with all of this gift giving um, Saturday Night Live always has great skits at Christmas time. Last year, Eddie Murphy came back on the show for the first time and maybe was it over 20 years, maybe uh, my sister and I rewatched his family toast. It's hilarious. But this year, the skit was of a family and my cousin Jackie posted it onto Facebook. So that's how I saw it. So I, I want to mention that because this goes back to her family and my extended family. The skit is about, it's like a rap and different family members explaining like all the things that they get. And the mom keeps saying, and I got a robe and I got a robe. And they're like, I got, you know, new drum set, scooter. And again, and I got a robe and it's hilarious because as adults, we come to understand our moms are the unsung heroes of Christmas, are they not? They are the ones who make sure we get more than enough, that we get those gifts, that our stockings are filled. Sorry, Santa Claus people. But um, she only gets this rope. 
her stocking's empty. And at one point she realizes there's more gifts under the tree only to find out that the gifts are for the dog and the dog even gets a robe. It's hilarious. So um, my cousin Jackie posted this and I was laughing so hard because the irony of all of this is it's true about my mom, but literally my mom every year did a, did get a robe. She got a robe from my grandmother. And my cousin Jackie, who posted it, I know it's funny because she has children, but her mom is the same way, the same unsung hero who made everything happen and, you know, who would have gotten everything. And the only thing she would have gotten would have been a rope. But then we started to wonder if my grandmother gave my aunt, JoLynn, a robe every year, is it possible? I mean, my mom, a robe every year. Is it possible my aunt JoLynn also got a robe every year? So again, in the context of a family and a larger family, it only makes it that much funnier. Um, so I'll post that skit in the show notes. Well, and then you have to think, did your grandmother give your mom and your aunt a robe? Because that's what she got every year. Oh, right. I mean, how oh, far back does it go? Hadn't even, right. <laughs> hadn't even thought of it. So Good Lord, I hope my grandmother, I hope my grandmother got a robe. I hope she got something. something. You know, we, as, as her granddaughter, we always gave her something. So I can say that, but. So you know, earlier on, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's funny because it was Christmas morning, um, Edward, my younger son, she, he said, Mom, you got to watch this and and passed me over his phone. And it was that the same Saturday Night Live skit. Well, I thought it was hilarious. So I sent it to like, you know, every mom friend I have. And sure. some of them wrote back, I've seen this. And I wanted to say, well, why didn't you send it to me? Um, but um, <laughs> it's so funny because it's so true. Exactly. Uh, it, I mean, it's so funny it. because it's yeah. so true. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that, of course, dads don't do things, right? I've got, my husband's right. amazing in terms yeah. of cooking and shopping and so many things. And, and dads do their own, you know, they support families in many different ways. Uh, but that video is not funny if it's not true. <laughs> There's a reason it's <laughs> right. so funny. Right. Um, well, yeah. you know, part two of the story is that um, this Christmas we got my mom a laptop computer. Now that is, I got the steel of the century on it. So I'm, I want to add that to the point where Costco, when I walked out of the Costco, the woman checking the receipt, you know, you kind of wonder, do they ever really pay attention? She's like, wait a minute, is this right? You got it for this price, which was awesome. So we give it to my mother as the last gift because my mom, you know, uses recipes and she's on, you know, a computer minimal, but she's into it. She likes it. But it, I mean, her computer is a total, total dinosaur. And so she opens it and she's totally, completely shocked to the point where she has wall. I mean, the wrapping paper is over her face because she's crying. She's so touched. And then I start crying because she's crying, right? And we are so excited for her that she got something much more than a rope. But the best part of this is my cousin, Jackie, she and her sisters gave her mom a television set and they posted on Facebook and we're watching my Aunt Jolyn and Uncle Mark opened this and my Angeline has the same exact reaction where she's crying and the paper is over her face. It is just, again, it's it's touching because it's universal and it's true. Yes. They don't expect, uh, you know, of all those years of giving, they don't expect to receive what they've been given and they're so deserving. So what joy that brought to all of us. Well, to see our friends, yeah, it, and know. so great. And, you know, that is where the surprise gift is, is, is yes. the best and the, and the thoughtful one too, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, well, let's, um, let's move into our spiritual stew. Um, this week, what is the gospel reading that, um, that you've been thinking about or spiritual? 
So I, every Christmas Eve, I go back to, so we, you know, we live in Annapolis and um, we have always gone to, to Catholic Mass at the Naval Academy. They have a chapel and there's, you know, a number of um, services that take place in the chapel, in, including Catholic Mass. And so we've always thought it was neat to go to, to Mass with our midshipmen um, when we can. Um, so one year for Christmas Eve Mass, the boys were probably, they were prime age for this. So maybe six and eight years old. And the, the priest in his homily, having gone, you know, through the gospel and the Christmas story, kept talking about um, the, the nativity story, the, the, the birth story through the eyes of the animals. And he kept talking about the donkey, but kept referring to it as the ass. And he must have said the, the word ass, referring to the donkey, eight or nine times and for for a six and eight year old boy to sit in church you know later at night you know at this point we're maybe going trying to go to the nine ten o'clock service and they kept hearing the word ass 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 and they're trying not to laugh but let me tell you they're paying attention and i thought okay this is hilarious because when you live with boys you start picking up boy humor uh, but they paid attention. And I thought, I bet that was intentional with that priest uh, to choose that word as opposed to donkey or animal or, yes. or anything else you could have, because he knew people would listen and people yes. listened, you know, That's and great. because you always wonder, especially with kids, even with my husband, sometimes, you know, are they really listening? You know, what yes, are they taking right. from that? My, right. my husband always calls it um, the contemplative homily because, you know, he'll sometimes sit there with his eyes closed and he'll tell you he's uh, contemplating it. Uh, um, right. But, you know, even this Christmas Eve mass, you know, that we were on the homily that Father Tom gave, he told, you know, such a, a great story about a gift he had received um, that was a quilt, but it was not what he thought it was, or nor was it really what he wanted or what he thought he wanted. Um, and and so, you know, you never, again, know when you're sitting comfortably on your couch, are my kids listening? Yeah. Um, but Christmas morning, my younger son referenced, you know, as he was opening his gift, I wonder if this is a quote with my name on it. And I thought, okay, so he did listen. Yeah. Um, so it just, so for me, especially Christmas Eve, we know the story. We've heard the gospel every year. Um, but boy, for a priest to be able to tell it in a way that either uses words or language or tells a really good story um, to get us to listen to something we've heard many times and to hear it through new ears. Um I, I think it's pretty neat. So that's really, it's hard for me to go to Christmas Eve Mass and not think about the year that the ass was a large part of our Christmas story. <laughs> Such is life with boys. <laughs> Amen to that. That's a great, I know, it is a funny word too, like to describe, you know, the donkey and, and that's part of, you know, this place where Christ was born. And, and that's part of my spiritual stew is that um, the reading emphasizes that Jesus was born and they named him Emmanuel. And I've always loved the, the word Emmanuel, God is with us. So the homily was the reflection on the incarnation that God became flesh and dwelt among us. And, you know, just all the difference it made. I mean, it, it, we are incarnational beings. We are in the flesh. And that's why, you know, when I think about 2020 and nothing beats the in-person experience in that sense of just being with another person. So in, in brighter days, we will be able to be together. Right. And we will be able to touch and hug each other and um, just, yeah, you know, be in each other's presence. So I love to, 
you know, contemplate, if you will, Emmanuel, just that simple word and what that means and the implications of that, that God is one of us. Well, and when we can't be with one another, to know that God is always with us is yeah. is really comforting. Um, yeah. And just, just that, that sense of peace. It's, you know, it's always, um, those are words, you know, in a, in a little bit of a different way, but those are really the words that stick with me um, you know, we, when I talk about the Hail Mary or when I'm saying the, the Hail Mary and just those words, you know, Hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee. You know, I just, for some reason, those words have always kind of stuck with me in saying that prayer, like God is with her, like all the time, like she, it, it's, those, have, those were really powerful for me. Um, so in, in sense of Emmanuel, um, you know, God is with us too. Um, you know, how powerful for us to know. Yeah, and the reading does say later in it that, you know, they named him Jesus. Um, and, you know, one of the readings is the family tree um, that Jesus was born into. And I, I, so, you know, just different ways of relating to the Lord, thinking of God as Emmanuel and, um, you know, that, that word. And then, and then who Jesus is. And um, he's part of a family. And today is the feast of the Holy Family. You know, he has a mother and a father. And um, I think it's a wonderful feast day. I'm grateful that we are born into families. Um, families aren't always easy or good structures. And that's why to pray with the Holy Family is such an important prayer because we hope that families um, strive to be holy and loving. And um, at the center of the campus at St. Francis High School is a statue of the Holy Family. And I don't know if it's because it's a Holy Cross school, but one of the virtues or emphases of Holy Cross is focus on the family. So the, the family is a value. And so that statue really reminds us of that. And when, you know, so many places use that word family and, um, and that's a good thing, but you know, it's good if, if it really, if you mean it, right. And you live, you strive to live as a family. And, and I think we've had to think a lot about what that means um, in harder times than when we're separated. Um, and that campus at Notre Dame, there's also a statue. Um, it's a newer statue since we graduated. There's more statues, but it's the Holy Family. And um, Mary, or Joseph is holding the Christ child and he's handing the child to his mother. And it, it's also referred to as the Holy Handoff, which kind of cracks me up <laughs> that, of course, at Notre Dame, only we would have, you know, a name for something religious or spiritual and make a sports connection to it. So football reference. So look forward to the Holy Handoff this <laughs> New Year's Day, January 1. We hope there's something holy about it. But um, what a great image to pray with and, and to visit when you go to Notre Dame. Because we talk about the Notre Dame family. That's how you and I are connected. For sure. Right? And, um, and among other ways, among our Christian family and whatnot. Well, and I was, you know, what I did some reading on the, the Feast of the Holy Family. And... Um, one of the things that I read was that, you know, we have a feast day for St. Joseph and we have a feast day for Mary has her days and of course Jesus as well, but to celebrate them, to give them their feast, their own feast day as a family, I thought was really neat. So of course they're important individually, you know, of course Jesus is for sure. And Joseph as his earthly father and Mary, of course, you know, as we, you know, she's so, you know, it's, she's such a big part of our, our religion or our faith as well, but to celebrate them as a family unit, I thought is really telling also that it's not just that they're important individually, but collectively, um, how important they are as, as a family, which I, it's probably why I love my nativity so much. Um, uh, but I hadn't known that, you know, I, I hadn't, 
I hadn't taken that step to think of their importance together as a family, um, uh, which is you know all important to us as well too. And and yeah. you said something earlier that I thought was really neat, which is you know our families aren't perfect. No family is perfect. You know we talk about crazy aunt die or we talk about um, you know people not getting along or maybe a family member that talks too much and you just kind of roll with it and. Um, you know, I have some family members that when they call, you look at my look at my phone and I think, OK, do I have an hour to talk to them? Because, yeah. you know, that's how long it's going to go. So, you, yeah. you know, we all have family members like that. And, you know, there are those imperfections that we love about our family. And yet the Holy Family was imperfect, too. Yeah. Um, you know, they were they were perfect in the image of God. But, um, you know, when you think about Mary as being an unwed you know, pregnant young girl, and you know, the the experience that they had to become the holy family um, was was a bumpy road, also, um, and yet ended up in perfection. So, uh, a good reminder for us that family can be what it is, which is not perfect, but also um, really beautiful as well. And are you saying, and they can order you CDs that you already have that you don't ask for? Yes. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We love them anyways. We do. We do. So, you know, as we wrap up this Christmas week, um, you know, I just, Christmas is, is, there's so much that goes into the planning for that day. You know, in our house, it's planning the menu, it's making sure we shop, it's wrapping the gifts, it's, um, you know, as it is with many plant people, many families, a, a lot of planning goes into it. And then Christmas day happens and it's over. Um, and I love the idea that Christmas day the 25th is really the beginning of the christmas season yes. um, that's something that you know i've always really admired about um you know hanukkah is it's a it's the festival of lights that last you know for yep. many days and and i you know i i wish that I wish that for us for Christmas as well, that we celebrate the birth of Christ, but then we really have the Christmas season. And I think we've lost that a little bit. I think um, in, in earlier times, that was more of a celebration. Yeah, the 12 um, days of Christmas. Exactly. So today and yes, the baptism, or the epiphany. The epiphany, yes. So so as, as we move through these, you know, these next 12 days, you know, to epiphany and my goal is to carry that Christmas with us and and with me and and for me that will include of course my thank you notes which I find to be so important um, but also Christmas cards you know I love Christmas cards I write a Christmas poem every year um, one year I forgot to put one poem into one card and it took this person about two months to actually ask me if they didn't get a poem this year or if uh -huh. I didn't write one because they had been looking forward to it. And I thought, oh, no, I, you know, I just must have missed that one. But yeah, um, I've I've had, you know, people text me. Have you written your poem yet? No, I haven't. Um, but I did finally finish that. So um, the the act of Christmas cards and writing and, you know, connecting with others, continuing to connect with others and family and friends over the next um, 12 days is what I what I hope to sort of carry with me. Yeah, that's awesome, Haley. I love that you include a poem or, you know, everybody has their personal touch. And I think, you know, I was thinking about a friend of mine. Um, he's a principal of a school at, at Regis Jesuit in Denver. And my friend was so excited to get his family's Christmas card. And sometimes you feel like, oh, when I get a card from somebody, I feel special, right? Or I remember this about Amy Coney Barrett reading that one of her friends said, you know, Amy, you already had the most interesting family. Did you have to make it any more interesting you know, this year with her 
you know, her children just, you know, adopting two children from Haiti and then a son with Downs and, you know, now a new chapter in their life. So just the reflection of who we are and, and who we send to is that's a gift. And, um, you know, I do love the pictures that people send because I love, you know, seeing what people choose, what's the image that they choose. And um, my brother's getting some airtime again, but he said, oh, did you send one of yourself? Ha ha. And I was like, no, that's not me. But I do love like, you know, for my friends who are single, like I do love my friends who just embrace their year and decide to send pictures of, you know, we are members of a family. We have lives just because we don't have children or you know, maybe they travel or they love to do something. Or I think of a friend, you know, um, his wife died two years ago. And the year after his wife died, he sent a card with his children. And I thought that took so much courage. I mean, I thought that was remarkable. And I loved them for that. You know, the easy thing to do would have been to send a picture of their kids, but that's who they are as a family. And I just, it says a lot. So it says a lot when somebody adds a note to the picture and I'm grateful for people who just send cards anymore period I mean we were talking about that they're not cheap anymore even a U.S. stamp is a small investment but you know it takes time it, it's it's a, a commitment so thank you to people who send cards but those of you who send like personal notes like I read every one of those and I'm thank you and I try to always write a personal note and I wouldn't want someone to send just a regular card and only their name like anyone who writes a note that's just a lovely thing and um, so it's, it's fun to think of the different ways that people share, I don't know, their family and who they are with us through something like a Christmas card. So I'm grateful for that tradition. Yes, I am too. And I will, I will do my best to get those out in this next week. Um, but I think this year, um, it's okay to be a little delayed because the post office seems to be having, seems to be having a hard time with mail anyway. <laughs> yes. I know it's a busy place. I'm still writing cards for what it's worth. Yes. Yeah. So. I think a lot of I us can't are. Blame it on the post office. I have to blame. Yeah. The writer on that one. But. Well, or you're just, you're taking the time to, to be thoughtful and personal, but that, that'll yeah. be our way to carry on Christmas. Um, the rest of this week, we wish Christmas blessings to, um, everyone else who are listening. We hope that next weekend we'll have a little bit of sports fun to talk about. Um, huh. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we hope so. Resolutions, maybe. Resolutions for sure, um, yeah. and and also as we prepare for for Epiphany and a new year, um, which boy, to wrap up 2020 and and get ready for 2020. I think everyone is looking forward to that. Um, so it will um, we'll count our blessings and and look forward as we move to next week's podcast. Um, but until then, Anne, Merry Christmas again. Merry Christmas to our listeners. And uh, we'll be back next week. We will. And that'll be 2021 officially, won't it? That will be 2021. Yeah, so this is, we are Great. signing off on 2020 and we look forward to coming back in the new year. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>